hey, mate, have you had this nightmare yet? Right up there with the fear of no one turning up is the concern that no one is going to enjoy themselves, that you aren't going to be great hosts, that your wedding is going to be boring. It's a topic I'm seeing bouncing around in wedding Facebook groups a lot lately. And surprise, surprise, I have some pretty strong thoughts about it that I'd love to share with you. So what I'm hearing and reading are things like, we're not serving alcohol, or we're not big dancers, or our wedding's in winter, so we won't be able to make use of the outdoor space. And what they're thinking is, everyone's going to be jammed in one room, looking at each other, crickets going off, tumbleweeds going past, and they're going to be bored. It's a sentiment that I can really relate to, but I've got to say, looking back now, those worries were perhaps some of the biggest wastes of my time in my entire wedding planning experience. My nana was nearing the end of her life and in fact passed away two weeks before our wedding, so maybe being able to focus on the worry of our wedding being boring was a way for me to distract myself from that. But, spoiler alert, it's dumb unnecessary, and possibly, depending on how far you take this, a waste of your hard-earned money too. So I'd like to share a little research that I did about the long-term memories from our wedding guests and what mattered to them and what stands out about my wedding celebration, what guests really need to not be bored and hence for you to not have a boring wedding, and a reality check for those adults who claim to be bored. Let's get stuck into it. Unbridely is a community of pro-wedding vendors who believe in freedom and integrity in weddings, giving you options, solutions, tips and tricks to create the experience and memories that you and your fiancé really want and deserve. Because we believe that weddings are a team sport. With how-tos, stories and interviews with recently married couples, we find out what went right and what they'd change if they could go back and do it all over again. I'm Camille and welcome to the Unbridly podcast. Tomorrow is our wedding anniversary. And thinking back to Matt and my wedding nine years ago, nine years ago, I can still remember panicking about one or two months out. This feeling would usually greet me at night when I was trying to sleep, and it was something that my now husband didn't really understand or could empathize with. And that was my very real fear that our wedding was going to be boring. We held a cocktail reception dinner in the Adelaide Hills in the dead of winter, because in summer I'm helping other people get married, of course. And although there was an outdoor deck, we suspected that it'd either be too cold or raining and all of our guests would need to be in the one function room for six hours. There were also challenging family dynamics that meant it might not be entirely comfortable for everyone to do that, so that made me nervous as well. I just couldn't stop thinking, would everyone just get bored and worst still want to leave early? So I did what a lot of engaged people do, and I overcompensated. We arranged, and by we, I mean I, extra cocktail food and platters. I planned for a marshmallow roasting station. I begged my brother and a couple of friends to bring their guitars for a late night sing-along, created a globe guest book, you know, to keep people amused, distracted, bright colours. I 
arranged multiple wedding favours for our guests, like pashminas to keep people warm, different flavoured hot chocolate spoons, and homemade limoncello in these tiny little flasks. I created our table centrepieces and bowls out of concrete, which strangely fit our theme, and I still stand by that, and then packed the bowls full of toiletries for the bathrooms, you know, to make sure everyone had fresh breath mints and toothpicks there at the ready. The midnight snack boxes were stuffed with gourmet cheeses and accompaniments that were delivered to my family's hotel rooms and placed on their beds for when they turned in for the night. I handmade personalised bracelets for those who I didn't have as bridesmaids because we chose not to have a wedding party at all, and I still wanted them to know how special they were to me. You name it, I stressed over it. Nothing ever felt enough. I'm not proud about it, but I also need you to know that if you're stressing over the details and trying to please everyone so no one feels overlooked or worse still, bored, I know exactly where your head is at. There's no shame. As I mentioned before, I wanted to find out from some of my family and friends, our wedding guests, how they felt about our wedding and what lingers in their memory still. I wanted to know what was important to them and what the standout was because, of course, Matt and I, we have our own perception of our wedding and I thought it'd be really interesting to find out. So I called my dad. We've had some sad family news um, just this week and so we went through that and so I think his response was also coloured a bit by that news But I asked him, I said, what stood out about our wedding? And he said, to be honest, it was overwhelmingly how uncomfortable he was to have my mum in the same room. They divorced when I was eight years old and he is still highly uncomfortable, um, which is fine. That's his. Um, I don't carry it with me anymore, which is great. But I just found that fucking fascinating that out of everything that happened, and as I said, uh, my nana, my dad's mum, passed away two weeks before that day, and yet that wasn't the thing on his mind. He didn't really recollect the food, the wine, anything, really. His entire focus was on my mother being in the same space as him and having to put up with that, I guess, for the duration of our wedding, which was a bit disappointing, to be honest, but that's, that's his reality. And that's what I wanted to know. I really wanted to know things like that. So then I called my brother. So I've got four brothers. (laughs) I contacted the one that I thought would get back to me the quickest. So my brother, he is by far the best speaker in the family. And I thought if we were going to have any speeches, and because it's a cocktail thing, we went, do we really need speeches? We thought just two. We'll have a representative from Matt, my husband's family, and a representative from my family just saying something short, and then we'll, you know, cut one of the tiny cakes. Oh, yeah, we had little individual cakes, like one cake for each person, but like square and all different flavors, and oh, my God, totally went overboard, but they were delicious, and and people, yeah, people still remember those cakes. Well, you know, my dad didn't, but I was on to my brother. So my brother um, thought it would be a great icebreaker to talk about my husband's confidence hat. So when 
my husband and I were going out, like before we were married, um, he'd often wear not a baseball cap, but like a little, I think it's a trilby. I think that's what it's called. And he'd wear it quite a lot. And it was funny because my dad and a couple of my brothers noticed that when Matt wore his hat, that he was more outgoing, that he was able to have a laugh, that he just seemed to feel more comfortable in family situations. And so from then on, Matt's hat was called his confidence hat. It's just lighthearted and we're poking a bit of fun there. But my brother got up and he said he'd had a few drinks at the wedding, which is, you know, that's okay. But he was really worried. And this is still his lingering memory of our wedding. All he can remember was wondering whether his joke about Matt's confidence hat would either go really well and be hilarious or fall flat. And, you know, no one would get it and be slightly uncomfortable and it would make, you know, Matt a bit uncomfortable. And and he goes, but, you know, thankfully the joke went great. And I went, okay. And that's what you remember. He goes, yep, that's what I remember. I'm like, wow. You still haven't written your vows yet, have you? Let me help. In around 20 minutes or so, you can easily write personalized wedding vows unlike anything you've heard before that will make your fiance feel like the most loved, understood, and appreciated person on the planet. The how to write wedding vows that don't suck. (laughs) Instant download. 17 page PDF ebook walks you through a step by step format for your vows. How to find the right words and phrases to describe your feelings and your fiance. How to write that crucial first draft and create your final wedding vows masterpiece. So if you don't know how or even where to start, if you've been Googling your little heart out, or if you've been calling them wedding vows, A-E-I-O-U, this ebook is for you. Included in there are also some bonus secrets for getting the most out of your wedding ceremony. So make sure you download your copy right now and get Write Your Wedding Vows crossed off your to-do list today. The link is in the show notes. And then I messaged my best friend and I said, okay, our wedding, what stands out to you? And I'm going to read what she texted me because I think it's beautiful. So my best friend said, I saw a man who was filled with love, pride, and contentment. He was so fucking proud and that pride and his love for you filled the room and covered us all in safety, warmth, and love. It was like he was 11 feet tall and was completely invincible, not in a cocky or arrogant way, but in a pure and breathtakingly beautiful way. It was fucking amazing to see. I hope that you saw it the same way. I just, that blew me away. That was my best friend's core memory of our wedding. So notice no one has picked up anything about all the things that I thought would impact them and all the things that I was trying to do to make everyone feel more comfortable, more loved, more recognized, um, feel special, feel, you know, catered for. No one's mentioned that. But then I messaged my (laughs) mum. And my mum has a special way of seeing things, a special way of communicating things. 
And this was my mum's text message. I said, Mum, what do you remember about our wedding? What was it that stood out for you? And she wrote, just about everything. I think it was fabulous. Your dress, the venue, colour scheme, the generosity of everything from the drinks, food, bathroom knickknacks and gifts for everyone. And then she asked why I wanted to know. And I told her about this episode and that no one else had noticed the details. And mum said, to be honest, I noticed all the little things, but blokes remember zero, (laughs) which is a huge stereotype. But also stereotypes come from somewhere. Then she capped it off with a little bit of genius, as she's wont to do. And she said, I think that women spend their life trying to impress other women. And again, it's a wild generalization, but I seriously believe there's a grain of truth there too. So from my highly scientific study, it seems that only 25% of our wedding guests noticed long-term the little things that I was stressing about, and there was no indication of them being bored. Although dad felt uncomfortable, but that was for other reasons. And one of the reasons why I really wanted to address this is there are some wild blog posts and articles that offer all sorts of suggestions for how to keep your wedding guests from being bored and therefore making sure your wedding is not boring. So everything from adding extra levels of entertainment, magicians, caricaturists, painters, roaming musicians, to games during cocktail hour, so maybe lawn games, and the reception as well, so scavenger hunts, the newlywed or the shoe game. And I even read somewhere that it's a great opportunity, apparently, to arrange for the bride to be kidnapped and the groom, that's okay, marriage equality obviously wasn't on their mind with this suggestion, but the groom would jump on the microphone to announce that the only way to get her back is for the guests to pay the ransom and hand around, you know, a vase or something to collect money to get money from their guests, to bring back the bride to her own wedding. I don't know if that's a cultural thing. It might be a cultural thing. I really shouldn't shouldn't poo-poo it, but it just seems so extreme to me. If that's not in your culture, if that's not a tradition of where you're from, what the fuck are you doing? Now, I don't want to rain on anyone's kidnapping parade, but for me, And from what I've heard from other couples, guests, and read on forums, your family and friends, the ones that have truly been there for you in the past and are going to be around post-wedding, are simply thrilled to spend time with you, have some great food and drink, maybe dance if that's their thing, and catch up with anyone else there that they know. And while the added extras are great, you are not obligated to entertain your adult family and friends as if they were fucking four-year-olds. So to recap, the three main reasons why your wedding won't be boring are, number one, you're only going to invite the people who you love and the people who love you, and they're going to be freaking thrilled to be able to spend time with you, around you, celebrate you. And if they're not, they're definitely not the people who are going to be featuring in your married life. Number two, If you take care of your family and friends' basic needs, food, drink, comfort, maybe some background music, they are going to be happy with whatever you love and what you choose. Remember, 
that not everyone loves to be rushed to fit their enjoyment into two-minute increments on your timeline, and that scheduled fun is a fucking nightmare for your introverted guests. Um, If you want to know more about that, have a listen to episode 48 for more on weddings for introverts, and I'll pop the link in the show notes. And number three, if a family member or friend is not happy at your wedding, or they're bored, or they want to leave early, or they don't think that you've done enough for your own wedding, that's on them. That is completely on them. They must own that and realize that your job is not to entertain them. They are adults and their inability to make the most of that time to challenge their own preferences for five or six hours, to put on their big kid pants and be there for you, is their bullshit. And in that case, I'd definitely be questioning what place they have in my married life and my future happiness. So if I've stepped on toes, I want to say I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm not fucking sorry. This is an expression of you. This is your personality. This is what you want to do, I hope. And so if anyone has a problem with that, they can get the fuck out and make way for those who are there to support you, those that are there to cheer you on, those who can make you feel amazing even nine years down the track. And personally, I have no misgivings about my dad and my brother focusing on different things. Not everyone is going to notice the finer points of your wedding, but this is absolutely my point that it's the feeling. It is the feeling in your wedding, in that space, in that room, the feeling between your guests that is more crucial than any little bombonieri you can throw in there, any out-of-the-box trend that you've seen that you must include. When you're wondering whether two changes of outfit is enough, it really doesn't factor in to people's enjoyment. So if you're not doing it for you, don't worry about it. If you and your future spouse are happy, then the people who truly love you will be fucking stoked as well. I'd love to know your thoughts on boring weddings, on people who are bored at weddings. I'd love to know what you've experienced. So please share your thoughts with me on Instagram at Unbridely and let me know if you're worried about your wedding being boring. Love to have a chat about it with you. I'd love to be able to make this experience so much more joyful, so much less stressful for you. I'll chat with you real soon. That about wraps it up for this episode of the Unbridly podcast. For the links and resources we mentioned, please head to the show notes. And if you love the show, please review and subscribe on the podcast platform you're on now so you don't miss out on a single episode. Thanks so much for listening. And remember, weddings are a team sport. Catch you soon.